This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Now, listen, I understand how a veteran player who wants to play, who is upset, devastated on the fact that he was not playing anymore. He's a competitor. He's got pride. He's a guy who believed that he could help this team. He's a guy who understood that by him not playing, it hurt his value. Now, he's making $18 million, so it's guaranteed. Saquon Barkley and the running backs in the wrong sport. Nevertheless, I digress. So he was upset. In the article, he indicated that there were occasions that he and Derrick Rose were on the sidelines watching in the five-on-five practice. So when we say that Eric Fournier was out of the rotation, Eric Fournier was out of the rotation. Out. He was non-existent. Now, in theory, in theory, he was brought there to help the Knicks and their three-point shooting. Woes. He was a decent three-point shooter with the Knicks. Decent. His defense was worse. And it's kind of a thin it's kind of a thin line, right? Because it's the NBA. And really, teams don't play a lot of defense, right? I mean, come on. Let, let's be honest. Teams don't really play a lot of defense. They play defense in spurts. They try to lock down defensively in the fourth quarter. But for the most part, teams don't play defense in the NBA. Like I said, except late. There are spots. But you have a coach in Tom Thibodeau whose identity is defense. And look, I will admit to you that there were times that I saw a lot of Evan Fournier's name on the back of his uniform because an offensive player got by him. I will admit that. And he wasn't giving you the scoring to offset what he was giving up defensively. So that became a problem. But as he correctly points out in this article, how are you now going to move him? Who wants Evan Fournier? It's got to be a team that he's going to be a guy that comes off the bench. It's got to be a team where you don't expect him to give you a lot defensively. He's just there to score. And so when you sit back and you say, well, what are the Knicks going to do? What's happening with them? What's going on? Are they going to make a move? I mean, this Joel Embiid thing, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. As a Knicks fan, everybody, everybody whose name is, it's a rumor. 
Everybody's name is a rumor is coming here. Owen Bede's coming. Paul George is coming. Zion Williamson is coming. Uh, everybody's coming to the Knicks. Everybody. Everybody. And every year, they don't show up. <laughs> they don't. Now you've got, well, maybe they'll ship both the centers out to the West, or maybe they'll send Mitchell Robinson to the West and get a player. It's, it's just the rumors are endless. They are endless as far as this Knicks team is concerned. But there's one thing that you have to understand, and that is if the Knicks are going to move a player and going to obtain a player that's making a substantial amount of money, Evan Fournier has got to be in that deal. Because the salaries have to somewhere match. Got to be within 20%, I believe. And he's one of the high-priced guys on this team that you know the Knicks don't want. And guess what? He doesn't want to be here anymore either. And how can you blame him? He didn't get a, He didn't get off the bench in the postseason. Hardly got off the bench the second half of the season. When Thibodeau went to that nine-man rotation, Evan Fournier was a rumor on this team. Rumor. I don't know why he dressed. He wasn't going to play. So what do the Knicks do now? What is the move for them to have them take that next step? To get rid of some of those draft choices that actually are coming up, a few of them are coming up this, this coming season. And, you know, every, the latest rumor, oh, man, because of, here, let's, let's, let's put the dots together. Joel Embiid used to be represented by Leon Rose. Well, Leon Rose is now the GM, president. So now this means that all they have to do is make a move and give Philly what they want to give to get Joel Embiid here. Why would Philly trade Joel Embiid to a team in their division? Why? If you had, let's put it this way. If you had Joel Embiid, why would you trade him to Philly? <laughs> why? Why would you trade him? Now, we hear Embiid with the, you know, want to win the championship and willing to go anywhere to win that championship. So he's, he's mildly, mildly, he's not demanding he wants out, but let's just say he's grumbling a little bit. He's grumbling. Does that mean he's going to come to the Knicks? I don't think so. Now, listen. If he comes here, I'll be very happy. I'll be the first one to say, great job, Leon Rose, for getting that guy here. I just, I don't see it. For what? How many draft choices are you going to give up? And how much young talent are you going to give up? Now, 
Once again, I get that I may overvalue the young players that I see on this team because I see them every day and there's an attachment. Okay? But let's be fair. With the moves the Knicks have made now, how much how much time is Quentin Grimes going to get? Is he is he still going to be your starter? I don't know. I mean, he was uh, he was a really good, a very good defender, and he was a really good three point shooter. Now, what was interesting is the more he played D, some of the defense took away from his three point shooting skills, the efficiency of it, probably weak you know, tied legs and so on and so forth, but he was pretty good. But, I mean, you know, to be fair, Tibbs had him defending guys who were sometimes three to six inches taller than he was. What's he going to do? Am I ready to let IQ go? I don't know if I'm ready to let IQ go. I mean, I know Obi Toppin's gone. So what would it take to bring these players, and it's not just going to be draft choices, ladies and gentlemen, because, you know, it's got to be players involved in this also. When the Knicks make that move, and it may not be this year. It may not be at the beginning of the season. It may not be before the season. It might be the trade deadline. But when you look at what they've got, and you look at where they are, they're really in the same place they were last year. They're not in a place where you could say, oh, okay. They, this one move has put them a step closer. It's really been it's kind of a lateral move. It helps their three-point shooting. It does. I mean, listen, I've liked DiVincenzo since he was with Milwaukee, and he was excellent with Golden State last year. Plays defense, and I like Josh Hart, like what he brings to the table as well. But you still need to get a player that is clutch for you down the stretch to take pressure off of Brunson and Randall. And Bede would do that. But I just don't see him coming here. I just don't. You, what do you have to get for him? What is Philly going to take from you that you have? Other than draft choices for Joel Embiid, you have nothing. You'd have to. You might have to get a third team involved because you don't have anything. What do you have? I mean, be honest, Nick fans. What do you have to get Joel Embiid on this team? What? Who? Be honest. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We'll take your calls next on ninety eight seven ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show. On 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Larry. How you doing? I enjoy listening to you. Thank um, you, Brian. I, I appreciate it. I want to talk that. about 
Yeah, no, I really I, I enjoy. It. Uh, I just wanted to touch on the Knicks before I touch on the Yankees when they mm-hmm. yeah, when they traded uh, uh, top into the, the Pacers, they should have gotten more. They should have asked for like a uh, a shooting guard, which the Knicks desperately need. I think they just gave him away, away for, for too little. You know what I'm saying? I do, Brian. He was on his way out. They just wanted to move him. Um, I don't I know. know really what they could much more they could have gotten for him because really, his 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 value was devalued because of his playing time and how he produced during his playing time. You know, so no, to get a couple of second he, round picks, it, it, you know, it's it's I actually more than I thought I, they would. I would get. ask for more. I, I think he I has you. talent. Anyway, to, uh, moving aside to the Yankees, mm-hmm. the problem with the Yankees, I had a caller before, it was great. You know, I, I've been watching the Yankees since, you know, Bucky Denton, Nettles, and Thurman Munson. The Yankees mm-hmm. always had lefty contact hitters along with lefty power, you mm-hmm. know, and what, what Cashman did, I would never have done. I would never have signed Stanton. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's, a, he's a mirror image, but a, a, a lower case than Aaron Judge. At least Aaron Judge puts the bat on the on the ball. Stanton hits his home runs and then he strikes out like he did last night, you know, like three or four times. Also, they have players playing out of position. You don't put mm-hmm. Kiner for left in the in the outfield. They should have brought up Spencer Jones who went to Vanderbilt. Even though he's a kid and he's playing in double A in Somerset, at least you have a, a guy that can play until they get Greg Allen and some of the other guys back or make a trade. Number three, uh, I think Severino has has lost it. If he stays with the Yankees, I think Severino is, is probably better in like a closer role if the Yankees can get a starting pitcher. And I would trade um, uh, Gleyber Torres to the Chicago White Sox and pick up somebody like a Giolito or, or the other one, a Dylan Cease. Mm-hmm. Because, and then move, put Peraza at second base or put Peraza at shortstop and put Volpe at second base. Well, I'll say this, Brian. Thanks for the phone call. Um, the way Giolitos look tonight, I don't think the, if the Yankees are looking, they're not going to be too happy with his performance tonight. But, you know, Dan made a great point on the K-Show earlier with Don LaGreca, and he said that, you know, the White Sox are going to move Giolito, and they probably are. They're probably going to try to move him. There's no question. He's had a pretty good season. It's a pretty good season. Um, I think Torres is going to be one of the pieces in the trade this year. I really do. I, I think that this is good. I don't think they're going to move the young players. Otherwise, they would have moved them last year or the year before that. And the outfield situation is just really crazy to me. It really is. I mean, and give IKF a lot of credit for him to be a, for him to go out there not a guy who's not played the outfield okay and for him to go out there and constantly go out there and work and work and work to go out there and be competitive says a lot about him Remember, this was a guy who was benched in the postseason because he wasn't producing. Benched. At a position that he plays normally. And then, now he's in left field. 
And just played some center field for them too. It's 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 crazy. It's just crazy. It makes you wonder, like, what is going on? But the Yankees have to make some moves. They just do. This lineup, this is not a competitive lineup the way it is right now. Maybe it was great for the first half of last season, but for the 100-plus games since then, it has not been a good lineup. And, you know, the fact that Judge has not been in the lineup doesn't mean that the lineup, that's the only reason the lineup is struggling. You're right about Stanton. Stanton was really another judge, right? You're thinking of protection in the lineup. It was the conversation that, well, listen, but if we sign him, if we if we get Stanton, and Miami's at that time was taking, was paying a large, a pretty good part of his deal. I don't know how much they're still paying, if anything. But at the time, he, he was playing, they were paying a pretty good part of his salary. And he was not long off his, 50-plus home run MVP National League season. You figure, man, that's protection. But the other thing was the conversation about Manny Machado and Bryce. How about Bryce Harper being in the outfield for the Yankees? Oh, that's what we want. Lefty, guy, that's who we want. And the logic was, but if we get Stanton now, he's cheaper than if we have to sign Bryce Harper. How's that worked out for you, Yankee fans? Now listen, to be fair, Stan's had some moments in postseason. He has. But the injuries and the lack of production consistently makes you uneasy. It does. It makes you uneasy. We'll continue the conversation next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Another home run. It's great. Mets uh, doing what they should do to a team they're better than, which is the Chicago team. Although, let's be fair, they've lost to a lot of teams they should be better than, too. (laughs) Up 7-2 over Chicago. Yankees a little over an hour away over in Anaheim looking for revenge. Saw some stats. We'll get to the phones in a second. Saw some stats. Isn't it ironic that it's crazy? The Yankees, as much as they've struggled offensively, seem to do a nice job against lefties. Saw some stats where they really, really do good against lefties. Yankee fans are like, thanks, Larry. Thanks for jinxing them tonight. Boy, good job out of you. Big Sean's in Queens. What's up, Big Sean? What's up? What's up? What's going on? How you doing, man? I'm chilling, man. I'm I'm, I'm alive and well. I'm, I'm retired from NYPD 2019, and nice. for me, every day, every day is Saturday for me. That's great. That's great. Thank you for your service. Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, I just have I just have some, a couple of give me about two minutes, last. Now, I've been in New York all my life, mm-hmm. and I, 
I've never, I've never heard a player from the NBA, star or no star, wanting to come to the New York Knicks, wanting to come, except Carmelo Anthony mm-hmm. and Omari Stoudemire, right? right? Mm-hmm. And I believe Omari Stoudemire came there because of Carmelo, but that's another no, thing. No, Omari was but first. I mean, Amari was Amari first. Amari was first, right. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I've never heard a star come in. Now, what we do as New Yorkers, well, as Knicks fans, I should say, we turn players who wasn't uh, welcome with their other teams into our own stars. Uh, for example, John Randall, Julius Randall, I'm sorry, Julius mm-hmm. Randall. He, was, he wasn't a star, but because we – Inherited him to through a trade, and I believe it was a, if I can remember correctly, uh, not a last minute trade, but a but a trade that said, okay, you know, this guy's not coming, that's the guy's not coming. Who's the best available? John Randall. So now we turn John Randall into a star and a supposedly somewhat like a leader, and he's not that type of player. He was never that type of player. But we as Knicks fans put so much pressure on our team to think that, okay, we can compete right now, and we're saying, okay, you're going to be a superstar for us. And knowingly, this guy is not a superstar. And I'm not trying to pick on John Randall. I'm just trying to say the the, the delusional thinking of the Knicks fans has to be in front of everything. Has to be in front of everyone that's that's gotten here, including Brunson. I think Brunson is only here. Because of the money factor, of course, because Dallas wasn't willing to give him that money at that time. Mm-hmm. And also his father played a big part in it because his father's part of the organization. But what, I, what, 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 I'm, what, what my point is, is that when you said Embiid, could Embiid come here or could Embiid not come here? We don't know. What is his idea? And then here comes, uh, we also got to talk about Giannis whose contract or may come up or may not be happy with his situation. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't know about that either. But what I'm saying is that there's no star, none, superstar. Otherwise, LeBron had a chance to come here, he didn't. Yep. KD had a chance to come here, he didn't. Yep. Uh, 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 Kyrie Irving, when he was uh, one of the best players in the league, I'm not saying he's not, but I'm talking about before the shenanigans. Had a chance to come here and he did it. So, so I don't understand. Maybe it's a thing in the NBA, and you know these guys talk amongst each other, mm-hmm. and they talk and say, you know, you know, which organization is the best fit? Which organization do right by the players? Which organization? And a lot of, and I don't think a lot of players are feeling New York like that. And well, New here's York the thing, Big Sean. Better... Here's the thing, Big Sean. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. They weren't that good. <laughs> Why would you say you want to come to a team that's not good? They weren't good. They were awful. I mean, this Nick team had years where they won their win total began with a one and a two. If I'm a free agent, is that where I want to come? Big Sean, no. No, no. I'll tell you that right now. No. So that was the big issue. They weren't doing anything for somebody to come here. After the Carmelo breakup and the situation there and Porzingis and all that mess, I mean, for for what? This is the first time the Knicks have gotten that won a second round playoff game since the Carmelo year in 2013. Okay, so it's been a while. 
So that's why they were that's why no players were talking about coming here then since then. They've been awful. And by the way, they got Julius, just a reminder for everybody. Julius Randle was a free agent after the Pelicans when he was with New Orleans. Signed a three-year deal with the Knicks, and then they extended him. Or signed a free agent deal with the Knicks, and then he got extended. Okay? Remember, he was started four with the Lakers, two with the Pelicans. Got three-year deal in 2018. Knicks, you know, came to the Knicks, and then boom. Here we go. Now he got extended. Instead of him, so he was the last year, would have been the third year, they extended him on. So that's the deal with, with Julius Randle. But you're right. And so when I look at this deal, I, I don't expect, I don't expect, I don't expect Joel Embiid to come here. I don't. How? I would love OG Ananobi. I really would. I would love him. Three and D guy. Length. Defense. Hit some threes. He would pair well with Randall and Brunson. I would like that. That's who I would really like. But I don't think he's coming here either. I would like him to come here. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what, uh, you know, Leon Rose can do. Subi's in Midtown. What's up, Subi? Hey, Larry. Regarding Yankees, um, mm-hmm. I, w- I was wondering if there's enough comparison between Yankees and Red Sox over the past two or three years, considering that they both did spend a lot of money, but the Red Sox have sort of planned out a future versus the Yankees, who I feel like they made a, a cognizant effort to get away from the international market in terms of players mm. like on purpose. So I'm wondering if the Red Sox did a better job than that in the sense that they did get some Japanese players over the past couple of years, and then they invested in uh, you know Justin Turner and some other key pieces that you know J.D. Martinez over the past couple of years were some hidden pieces, and the Yankees sort of missed the ball on a lot of players. And another another thing is, is that compared to the Yankees of the past, you know, we used to speak about, like, Alfonso Soriano's of the world, mm-hmm. and we used to get on him when he was a streaky player. And now what would be the Yankees if they had those type of players? That's all I got to say. All right, Subi, thanks for the phone call. Um, they'd probably be – well, they would – well, listen – they would be in a little better shape than they are, but really, you've got streaky players here. Gleyber Torres is a streaky player. Uh, DJ LeMahieu was has become more of kind of a streaky player, but he really hasn't produced a lot. I mean, just think about him. When he first got here, those first two years, what do they call him, the machine? Because he was he was the ultimate contact hitter. Every situation didn't necessarily be a home run. He made contact, sprayed the ball to all fields. I mean, he was really good. And you could play him anywhere, anywhere in the infield. Anywhere in the infield. A little first, a little third, obviously, with the primary, the second short. Not so much short, but a little second base. I mean, he's not that same guy. And has not been the same guy since the injury. 
I mean, there's there's a lot of guys whom the Yankees have invested in that have just not produced. Have not produced. And that's why they find themselves in the position they're in. And it's a tough, it's a tough skill. But it's one that you really have to understand and try to work with. And that's the ability to see when a player is near the end, is not going to be as productive as they were previously. Right? That that and that's a tough that's a tough skill. And it, and it's guesswork and it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. But you have that's why when we you know we have these conversations that we've been talking about this a lot over the past couple of weeks with the Saquon Barkley situation, is you're paying the player for what they will do going forward, not for what they've done in the past. Okay, that's that's how it should work. And so when you look at DJ and after the season he had, I don't see how you could not sign him. And if anything, he took a bargain to come back. But who knew that he was going to get hurt and not be that same guy? It's it's. Uh, you, you mentioned Severino, or a couple of callers mentioned Severino. I mean, in theory, the way he was a couple of years ago when you were thinking he was going to be your ace, signing him to the four-year deal made sense. I'm locking a starting pitcher up who, remember, remember those days, threw 99 miles an hour from start to finish. It seemed as though, according to the guns, the, the radar guns at the end of the game, if it was the seventh inning, he was throwing as hard as he did in the first inning. I mean, in theory, it made sense to sign him for four years. Who knew he was going to be hurt a lot? And right now, I, he's not coming back on the Yankee team. How could you bring him back? Even as a reliever, how could you trust him? I mean, he's coming out of the bullpen giving up runs. You can't have a reliever like that. Plus, his availability is going to be an issue. So, you I mean, you can't do anything with him with, with that. He, you can't bring him back at this point. He's got to have an unbelievable turnaround for you to consider bringing him back next season. And listen, I know how... <laughs> I know how all Yankee fans feel about Aaron Judge. I do. I get it. But in theory... But what he was asking for, for an everyday center fielder, was not a lot of money. It's the years that killed you. Was it seven years? <laughs> Mistakes. Mistakes. 1-800-919-3776. The conversation continues on 98.7 ESPN. 